on the Veterans Broadcast Network. This is Roll Call. What role did you play in your call to duty? You're listening to Veterans Roll Call. I'm Kennedy Camp. And I'm Nadine Noki. November 7th, and this is Veterans Roll Call. Do you know anything about Sister Cities, Nadine? I can honestly say I do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> was there, a guy, there was a little guy named Dwight Eisenhower when he was president. He decided that it was time for cities in the United States to become cities as a sister somewhere else in the world. Now, little Sarasota, we have nine sister cities, and probably so many more would love to be a sister city with us. It's quite a unique organization, and our sister city in Italy is Busetto, which is where Giuseppe Verdi was born at, and Sarasota is the only city in the world, and the maestro is the only maestro in the world, where the opera house has done all of Verdi's operas. So it was quite unique, and a sponsor friend wanted to have the veterans broadcast, you know, have some recognition there at it. So we were at the table next to the, one of the other sponsors, which happened to be a, an Italian car company called Lamborghini. And it's kind of fun to be, be with them as well. And, and I'm, I'm glad we're here today because last week's show, I just really in, enjoyed a lot. I think Ms. Reyes was just an amazing, amazing uh, person to be able to tell her story. And again, I'm glad you were able to bring her on and she became a whole part of it. I, I would have to agree with you. I think uh, that show is one of my favorites so far. It's, we're still very new, but uh, just all the things that we got to talk about, I don't think uh, most women or most veterans ever talk about you know, going to Iraq or what that means as a mother and as a parent, and that's not brought up as much. And I, I'm glad we, brought, we broached that topic and we even got a little risque. We're talking about breastfeeding, but it's part of life. It's part of being a parent and uh, it was an honor and a pleasure to have her, and I hope we have her back. Well, I'm sure she'll be back, too, probably like our guest we have tonight. He'll probably be back a few more times, too, because he has so many things going for him. His name is Ron Zaleski. He's the man who walked across the country and the Appalachian Trail barefoot in order to raise awareness for veteran suicide, primarily. And he's got a campaign I want him to talk about a little bit. Uh, well, you know what, Ron? Hello, how are you? Are you going to let me talk now? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> they finally took the tape off my mouth. <laughs> well, you know what it's like when uh, yeah, I try to be polite. Yeah, I try to be polite. Yeah. Uh, tell us first of all um, who you are in your role as in call to duty. I know you said you had a Marine draft kind of a thing. Yeah, I. Uh, well, I'm Polish Catholic, born in a World War II dysfunctional household. So I became uh, well my. Father had post-traumatic stress, and it affected our whole family, and I became what my father was. I swore I'd never be him, but I was him, only in a different way. And he was World War II. World Navy War II. Or, uh, he was, uh, you know, airborne. And my father, he had a choice at the age of 17 to go to prison for armed robbery for four years Ooh. or go in the military. There's a story. So he took the military. And now he's second generation in this country from Poland. He's at the tail end of the war, and Eisenhower wanted guys to go see the ovens in Auschwitz. My father was there, oh. and our, well, they're scraping our family members off the floor in the ovens. Oh. So that messed him up. Oh. You know, it was, and he's a 17-year-old kid. People, they look at us and they say, oh, you know what you're doing, because they see an older man and they think we, we have wisdom. <clears throat> but, but we well, were, I do. Yeah. well, you, you know, you're one of the I'm rare, few. you're a unicorn, <laughs> but you know, we were 17, thought we knew everything and were clueless and people don't see that when they look at us and they haven't, so they don't, 
civilians don't get it. And you don't get it unless you've been through it. You know? So uh, what happened, I was in the Marines. And what happened before I was in the Marines, I was in the Merchant Marines. I was 17, worked on freighters. And we're delivering military equipment to the Arabs. We had signed a peace treaty with the Jews. You know, it's real Catholic, real, you know, it's war is sin and, you know, all yeah, that. And, yeah. You know, and I believe my country right or wrong. And I said to the guys, I says, how can we do this? How can we sell weapons to the enemies of our friends? And they just looked at me and laughed and said, it's about money. And I was like, because, you know, I believed everything I was told in school. You know, I bought the whole thing, hook, line, and sinker. And then when I saw that, I had a lot of doubts. And then there was no way I was going in because I won the draft lighter. My number was 36. My buddy was 16. He had a record. I didn't because I never got caught. <laughs> so he was he was the only branch that would take him was the Marines. And he said, go in with me. I said, I'm waiting till the FBI take me. I'm not going to. <laughs> So he finally, you know, I finally thought, oh, what a great way to get back at my parents. Because, you know, when you're a kid, the hypocrisy you see, because when you're a kid, everything is black and white. Well, you just lied to me. You know, you don't see the gray areas. So it, it was all hypocrisy to me. So I figured, oh, what a great way to get at my parents who said the church is right. And, but how can they be right if they don't want to stop war and it's OK with them? So. My parents said, why are you going in the Marines? You don't believe in killing. And I says, well, it must be okay. And I want to experience everything, you know, killing another human being because the church doesn't stop it. So it must be okay. Because I was being sarcastic. And, in 17. And yeah, and <laughs> 17 and, you know, uh, that passive aggressive stuff. Which and what, I knew so your MOS was just the... Uh, 0311. Infantry yeah. with a gun. So what happened, because I had such an incredible attitude when I went, and I went through motivation, which is, you know, a real fun part of the Marines. You have an attitude, they send you through there. And then at my first duty station, I get into a fight with my commanding officer, and he says to me, Zaleski, you and I are going to have a bloody fight, and you're going to lose. And I'm like, oh, really? And then I got orders to go to Vietnam in two weeks after that. He invites me into his office and says, what do you think of that, Zaleski? <laughs> so I think the only way you're getting me over there is if you chain me to a helicopter because I'm not going. He really? says, that right? I said, that's right. And because I decided, you know, for my beliefs, it was wrong. And at 17, well, at 19 at the time, you don't think you're ever going to die and you you have no clue okay I was clueless but I I know everything at that age but um, then I go home on leave because you know when you get orders to go over they send you home on leave but I didn't tell my parents because I made my mother cry when I told her the first time what I was doing and I regretted that so I go home I don't say a word to my parents that I got orders to go and I knelt down on my knees in the bedroom and I said, God help me, because I don't have the courage not to shoot another man. I'm afraid and I want to live. So I decided, well, I'm not going to run to Canada and I'm not going to kill somebody. I'm going to go to prison for five years or face the firing squad. Really? Yeah. That was in my mind. And that's that that was my options. I didn't see any other way, but I wasn't going to run away because to me that was coward. So I go. I'm supposed to go with five others. They all go when it comes my time. They say, you know, Zaleski. And I'm like, uh, you know, my voice cracked. I I'm not going. They said, don't worry, you coward. Your orders have been changed. And I'm like, thank you, God. You know, my prayers were answered. But I'm not thinking of the consequences. So I'm like, oh, thank you, God. You know, I spend my whole tour in California because my orders got changed. A month before I get out, I meet one of the five, and he's limping. I said, what happened? He says, we all got shot to die. So it all came down on me. Was I a coward? Did I do the right thing? I could, could I have saved him? Did I, you know, you have all that doubts and I'm alive and they're dead. You know, so yes, yeah, so all that guilt and, you know, you, you know, that's my belief, but, you know, logic and emotions have nothing to do with one another. Plus, I didn't understand why we were fighting anyway. I had no clue. So I didn't buy into it, but, you know, I carried all that anger and guilt. So what happened when I got out of the Marines, 
I decided I didn't want my buddies to have died for nothing. They fought for my freedom so I can do what I want. So I'm not wearing shoes. So I stopped wearing shoes when I get out of the Marines as my memorial to them. But people would say to me, hey, how come you don't wear shoes? And I'd say, hey, I don't feel like it. You got a problem with that? So you wouldn't tell them that you were doing it because of your... Because I was angry. Right? I was angry. So they called me baby killer coming and home. I had it too. You know, and... And I was in medical corps. Yeah, and I... They didn't... They had no clue. Right. And they're the ones that put us there. Their action or lack of it is what got us over there. So you're going to call me a baby killer and you're the one pulling the trigger and we're the bullet? I was angry. I mean, I had an empty sidewalk for 33 years. I fought with the town. People see me come and they go across the street. Really? Yeah. This is still in California? No, I was in New York, in no. the Hamptons. That's oh, where yeah. I grew up. I went back to where I grew up. My buddy, I was going to wear my utilities till they fell off. My buddies are saying, because I went into all the Polacks in my class went into the Marines and they said, Ron, you're not a refugee. Go home. Take them off. Put some clothes on, will you? But, you know, I was angry for 33 years. I was, you know, and I, I didn't tell anybody I was a Marine because of all the stuff, how we got treated when I got home. And what happened, you know, I had been working on me because I was miserable. I was just angry all the time. I was miserable. And when I wasn't really angry, I thought I was happy. And then what happened, and I would go to seminars and I would do stuff for me because I, you know, I just, I wasn't feeling good and I wanted to do the best I could for my kids. And what happened, <clears throat> so you had gotten married now? And you oh, I got married and divorced and all. I mean, I destroyed every relationship. I was, I was worth a couple million dollars, threw away my business because I was self-destructive because I didn't deserve it. And what I was, was the angry. business that you had? I had a scuba shop and a health club for 28 years. Whoa. I mean. Before health clubs were really a big thing. Oh, yeah. No, and I, I had money. Yeah, I had a couple million bucks, but I mean, I threw it all away because I, I was a lunatic. I mean, guys would complain. I'd grab them by the neck and pull them across the counter. You got a problem? I'll show you a problem. You know, so, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I went from 4,000 members down to 300 in six months. Well, what was the breaking point for you? What? Turned it around? Well, I mean, I went to seminars and one of the, uh, one of the things that started to change me, I went to an empowerment seminar. And then I realized, because I lived my life from a victim that it's everybody else's fault but mine. The government did this to me. My parents did this to me. The church, the cop. I blamed everybody but me. And then I realized it's me. And that's when I took full responsibility that I'm responsible for 100% of my divorce. I'm responsible 100% for what's going on in this country. I didn't say 99%. I say 100 because... If I say 99%, I can use that 1% as an excuse. Well, it's their fault. No, it's all mine. Because if I was different, things would be different. Because I realized, I used my mantra, mantra used to be, so what, who cares, it doesn't matter. I realized I care, it matters to me, and everything I do makes a difference. It's arrogant to believe that nothing you do matters. I mean, I think you cared so much, it made you... It made you angry, and it was—it's almost ironic that yeah, that was. But that's what fueled my walks, because what happened in 2005, I hadn't told anybody. This little kid, five-year-old kid, asked me that I'm teaching smooth bases. It's like God went, bam! <laughs> what are you doing? That's the first person I told why I went barefoot for 30, 33 years. A little five. A little five. Well, this is really a unique story that we're going to be finding a lot more about, um, because it all leads towards how much good you have done for so many veterans and the work that I guess changed your life around to help change so many other veterans around. So uh, with that word, we're going to take a quick little cutaway and uh, we'll be back. Uh, thanks to GTS and Dallas Corporation for being those guys that are supporting us now on the Veterans Broadcast Network. Roll call. We'll be right back after these messages. Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. 
high quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the states with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. You're listening to Roll Call. Let's return to our host. All right, we're back here now with Ron Zaleski. He's the author of a book called The Long Walk Home, about his life and as a Marine and then after a Marine and how he felt and what he had to go through in order to find the reality of what he felt was in a loss that he had with his comrades that uh, he got sent to California and they got sent to Vietnam. So Ron, I heard and understand that right now in the last couple of years, we've gone from 18 suicides a day of veterans to now averaging around 22. And I saw recently you have a project called Camp campaign 22. Can you help me understand that more? And, and maybe some listeners could know. I would love know. to help you understand <laughs> that. You know, and since you're not a Marine, you it. might have trouble <laughs> understanding this. So I'll, I'll do it simple <laughs> for you. Simple but cool. Okay. So with campaign 22 is we have uh, a, a donor that put up 10 grand. He'll match up to 10 grand. And with our campaign 22, all the money goes to suicide prevention workshops where we pay for the food, the housing, the instruction of these programs to do as many as we can. And, uh, and with that, because we, uh, we do a mentorship program, which is 10 challenges to service. And we need mentors because it's to help these young guys coming out. And for you to become a mentor, you have to take the challenges yourself so you can administer them because hypocrisy is something I don't like. So how can you tell somebody what to do or give them something to do when you haven't done it? So you got to take the program yourself and then you can help them. And it's awesome because it helps them buddy up with somebody and it helps them make that transition out because what it does is help you with your anger. Because we're, I haven't met a vet yet that isn't angry when they get out. And then it also helps you create a new mission because you know, we've left and we had a position at home. We had some kind of status in the family. We had a job. We come home. We have no place in the family because everybody's taken over our jobs. We don't have a job. Most people don't trust us with a shovel or a pen, you know, so, you know, we have no mission. So our challenges help you create that mission. And it also helps you reflect and go deeper because you know what? If we still look at everything we do with the same mindset, we're never going to change. So this helps you shift your perception so that you can start to look at things different. Because, look, I was angry for 33 years. I, I looked at everything the same way. You know, everybody's doing this again. You know, I had, I'm a victim. They did this. They did that. But when I start to shift and take responsibility, then my whole life changes. And I used to be to believe that, you know, when I went to Washington, like, I'm going to change the laws and they're going to do this and I'm going to change the world. I realized the biggest change I make is changing me because when I change, the world changes because I'm part of this world. That's why I say it's arrogant to say 
that it doesn't matter what I do. Yes, it matters what you do because you impact the world. Every veteran impacts at least 25 people around him. His family's in the impact zone. They get destroyed. We had a homeless shelter in the Keys. 80% of the people that walked through my doors were children of veterans because they were destroyed before they got out the door. Really? Yeah. But nobody talks about it because I did a study because I was curious because not too many vets were showing. But all these other people, I said, well, oh, yeah, but it didn't bother me. My father was, and he beat us every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that obvi it's obvious it didn't bother you at all. Look at you. So, uh, but <clears throat> our... Our challenge 22, you know, we have a limited time where he's offering this. We got this going for another 80 days or so. And all the money is going for those programs. And then, you know, like I said, we had the mentorship program, which is awesome because just the first challenge alone is saved lives. So you, you find another veteran or a person who just wants to support a veteran. They yeah. go through a program, yeah. mentorship training. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, civilians do it, too, because... There's a lot of family members out there that want to do that. And it's, you get to pick who your mentor is. And we do it online. And in January, we're going to start doing a Zoom so it's live. Because we're going to see the difference between doing it. Because some people don't want to interact with people too much. But I think most people want you know, eyeball to eyeball. So we're going to be doing them live in a YMCA starting January. We'll be doing Zoom online. And I think it'll be, we'll have, it'll be more effective because then people will stick with it. Cause I think it's too easy to quit because once people say, Oh, it's work and you know, and I'll just, you know, but if you see somebody and you go on it, you're more apt to stick with it. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's a, a really, that's one of our most powerful things. And it's like, I want people to steal this. I had a guy that did it. He did maybe three challenges and he says, I hope you're not angry with me, but I was helping my buddy with it. The buddy he saved had a gun in his mouth. It took him two days to answer the first question, but it turned his life around. And the guy that told me he apologized to me because he only did three, he had a gun in his mouth too. Mm. So just that first challenge is, was, what are you grateful for when you wake up? What are you grateful that you accomplished at the end of the day? And the guy that took two days, he really believed he was a monster, like most of us do. I believed I was a monster. He couldn't see any good in the day, but he worked at it for two days till he saw some good and turned his life. And here in Sarasota, have you been involved at all with the Operation Warrior Resolution? Right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, <clears throat> one time they were going to be a part of our, our show this week, but they couldn't because it just happened that this week was the week that they're doing a uh, um, Thursday through Monday where they have 12 people, 12 vets all come together in this house on the beach kind of a thing. Yeah. They have to live there and they go through all kinds of, I mean, there's even acupuncture that gets involved. There's a chiropractor that comes in. There's a mental health that, that goes through stuff. They cook together, eat together. I mean, it, and it, I guess, brings a lot of you know camaraderie. Yeah, yeah, no, they do a great job. And, you know, we work with everybody we possibly can. You know, we have somebody that, we can't help them with something. We find somebody that does, and she has some great programs. You and, know. and what kind of challenges are the challenges that you're you're? They're simple. Do? They're simple challenges because I'm looking at it. You know, I have the ability to look through the eyes of a five-year-old, a twelve-year-old, a seventeen-year-old because I was there and I remember. It's funny to me how many people forget they were kids. I'm like, they, how come kids are rebellious? Duh. <laughs> you know, don't you remember when you were a kid and you watched your parents like a hawk and if they lied to you, all of a sudden they're hypocrites. You, you oh, forgot yeah. that and they became rebel you became rebellious. These kids are doing the same thing. So, I, I mean, these are simple because a lot of these guys haven't done any work like this at all. That is true. I think that's maybe where the military could do some work even before getting out, like being self-awareness self yeah. is huge and, and working on yourself, even just to know what you're grateful for. Like it sounds so foreign and yeah. I've done a lot of self-development as a, a veteran getting out, but there was nothing like that oh, in no, the military. No. And so I think it's great. So the challenges, they're not time, they're not long or they're, they're, no, they're, they're, like they're 10. Yeah. They're writing, but you got to think. Right. I don't really want to give too much away, but that's the first challenge and they're similar to that. 
but there are different degrees. One may, we have one that's a real sticking point for people, which blows my mind. But, you know, there are simple challenges. You can do, you could do a couple in one day. It's not a big deal. I mean, like if people come to us and they want money, we say, you got to take the first four challenges. You can't do that. We're not helping you. Because you're telling me you don't really want help. You want me to do this to enable you to live the way you are. So what are those first four challenges? Well, like the first challenge is what are you grateful for when you wake up? What are you grateful you accomplish at the end of the day? And one of them is you got to, <clears throat> what are three goals? We have to make goals as one of the challenges. One, that's, you know, what are your goals? What's the timeline for these goals? Because a lot of people, they have no goal. And like I said, these are simple, but you got to think about it. We had a guy, <clears throat> this guy's married. He's got a horse farm. He's working two jobs. He's a disabled vet. He's got kids, can't pay his bills. He comes to me, oh, help me. I says, okay, take the challenges. It took him forever just to do the first one. I says, you got to do four. Then when he gives me, you know, like the challenges, what he wants to accomplish, I, I cried. He said, well, I want to lose five pounds and clean the garage. Oh, poor I, I says, I can't get behind you. <clears throat> I says, because you have three kids you can't feed. You're behind on your car payment, your mortgage. You can't feed the horses. And these are your goals. Until you can give me a goal that I can get behind, I'm not going to give you because you're going to be back to me next week for more money and you're not getting anywhere. I mean, I cried on the phone with this guy. I want to help you so bad you have no idea, but I can't help you. See, and my wife says the same thing. I haven't heard from him since, and I, I, I contacted him again. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it for you. you got to be involved in the game. When we had the shelter in the Keys, that was my biggest learning curve because what happened was I realized I didn't help too many people because I judged everybody that came into the, well, you're, you're a bum, you gotta get a job. Oh, you're a drug addict, you gotta get clean. When I did that, they had to defend themselves why they did it. I wasn't with them on that journey. So they spent so much time defending themselves that nothing happened. But when I realized how I learned, there was a guy came at night and shit in my shower. I built the shower. I had nine guys living at my place. I'm paying all the bills. They didn't have to do anything. They couldn't clean the shower, and they used the shower. Oh, you know, I'm, I, I have a rare disease. I have this. I, oh, you know, my back hurts. I clean that shower, and I'm, like, cleaning it out, saying, I can't wait to find this guy and rub his face. <laughs> he does it again. I, and I'm now I'm screaming. I had these little conversations with God. God. What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> and then it dawned on me, I was that guy. I would have broke that shower to show you you couldn't help me. And then I had judged him. And if his journey is to sleep in his own puke for two years, God bless you on your journey. I'm here for you when you're ready to change. And when I did that, I stopped judging people. Then I was able to help people because I treated them like, you're my kid. I love you. But I'm not happy with what you're doing. And then I was able to help. Ideal is amazing. I mean, the stories I'm sure you have uh, are part of these stories also within your book. Oh, yeah, Walker. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll learn a lot more about that and look forward to it. The book is out now. Yeah, the book is out now. You can buy the, um, we have a pre-sale on Kindle, and then the paperback will be out on my birthday. November 11th, born for this job. That was a weak one, forgive me. I didn't want to break glass here. And uh, yeah, my wine glass is going to fall over. Well, I don't hit high seas, but I, I can scream. But uh, yeah, so, but you know, the whole book is about my transformation because you know what? Uh, journaling is a neat thing. You know, I've done that. When you write a book, you just keep digging it and digging it and stuff comes up. Good. We'll come right back uh, talking with Ron Zaleski on the long walk home right after these messages. Your mama, your brother, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your cat, dog with over your left. Right. And that's the reason you left. You're, right. You're listening to Veterans Roll Call, and we'll be right back after these messages. 
Looking for semi-drivers nationwide? GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer. Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio broadcast for over 15 years. High quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. You're listening to Roll Call. Here's your host, Kenny DeCamp. So here we are. We're welcome back to uh, Veterans Broadcast Network. This is our roll call show. Today we're roll calling with our Marine friend, Ron Zaleski, who's written a book called The Long Walk Home about his life and struggles and then the joy that he's been starting to feel in helping and mentoring uh, veterans uh, and even some of the families of these veterans who have been lost and have found many problems in the world uh, about themselves when it really has to do with um, everything that's going on around them within them against them and the people that try to do things for them it's got a program on mentorship we've been talking a little bit about. Can you, can you tell us who becomes a mentor or how do you <clears> connect <throat> with them? Well, they see us online and we ask who wants to help a veteran. They sign up and we say, take these challenges and then you can become a mentor and help. And I used to think it was a myth that, you know, people say, oh, you help somebody. and Oh, you get more out of it than they do. And I'm like, yeah. And, that, and people that they say, oh, they give unconditional love and i'm like yeah that's a myth you know and they said christ did it maybe you know but i get it because when i have been part of somebody's life when they let me in their life and they share about themselves when they do the mentorship program and then i see like that light in their eyes when they get it or they make that shift and they they quit drinking and they stop being angry. I mean, I cry because I get as much out of it more. It's like, I, I, it's hard to explain unless you've done it. I mean, I never did it before. I mean, like I said, I heard about it and just believed it was a myth. Because if ever I did anything nice a long time ago, it was because I was going to get something out of you. You know, oh, yeah, he's a nice guy. I'm a nice guy, but I'm coming for you. You owe me. <laughs> You know, so, so when I do this, you know, I don't expect anything, but when people share their life with me, because people never didn't want me in their life. I mean, some of my own family. So when a stranger lets me in and then I was, and I don't help anybody. I inspire them because I learned, I, I don't help you. You do all the work. I don't do a thing. I, I inspire you because they say, look at this lunatic. You walk across the country barefoot. I can do something. And that, and when they change, it's like, I can't describe it. It's just like overwhelming. You know, like I didn't know what love was until I had my first child. I used to say, don't mess with my money or my food. When I had my first kid, I said, I don't care what you do to me. Just don't mess with my kid. <laughs> So then I started to get it, but 
I look at all these guys in the service, men and women, that's my kid. You could be my daughter, you know? And and for you to get hurt, it hurts me. I could be your dad. You, I, I think I'm older than you. I think we might be the same age. Either that or you started really young, buddy. Well, my, my service was 67 to 70. Oh, yeah, you're, you could I'm be my daddy. Really I was in 70 to 72. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was able to say that. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not by much, man. You got some heavy sperm count going on. <laughs> oh. yeah. So I'm curious, though. I mean, we're here talking to you about all the great things you're doing, but what inspired you to basically walk across the U.S. Oh. and and in? I mean, I'm I'm sure that was kind of the catalyst to all of this stuff that you've done since. And it was barefoot, right? And yeah, barefoot, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, any pussy can do it with shoes on. Come on, right. Some guy in the army, the Air Force. I mean, Only a lunatic would take his shoes off. Maybe. That's right. So, well, I had so much guilt. So, you know, when I did it, because I, I still thought I know everything and I know what I'm doing. And I figured, well, I'm going to walk the, the Appalachian Trail barefoot because I had walked it before for a little bit to kind of gain some sanity when my ex-wife took my kids away from me. And I knew I was going to go crazy again. So I went in the woods and then perfect place to stay sane. Oh yeah, yeah. and then to be insane. So then, right. when uh, when I had that epiphany with the little kid, I figured, well, how can I create awareness that the public can get behind? Then I figured, well, the only people I know that really had their act together were people I met on the trail, huh. and they had a big audience. So I figured, well, let me do that, and I'll create awareness. But it ended up being my penance to forgive myself. I bet that was a one just any walk or any time you spend alone kind of with your thoughts you can do good or bad you probably had a lot of realizations oh, on yeah. that trip how long was, was the 13 trip? and a half months because i damaged my back and my legs went numb so i got off the trail for five months till my back healed and finished it wow and uh and you know there's no tv there's no radio there was no self well you know you did have a cell phone once in a while but you know you deprivate and all that stuff comes up and you know your best counsel is you you know the answer to all your questions you know when i went to somebody they asked a question it's so i had somebody to blame if it went south but when you're out there in the woods you're your own best advisor you know that's funny i mean you damaged your back but you walked without shoes yeah, <laughs> Your feet were fine the whole time. So. Well, you know what? No, my feet hurt. But you know what? People would say, your feet bothered? No, no. One day I said, yeah, they hurt. They said, put on shoes, stupid. So, oh. so I said, well, forget it. I'm not complaining again. But the roughest day, the, one of the, there's two really rough days. One was when I walked across a couple of miles of acorns on hard packed oh. dirt. You know, in Turkey, my, I have some terrorist friends and they would beat people their feet with a book on the back bottom of their feet or not to, to torture them. Wow. So I was like, I was in a Turkish prison that day. Wow. Did you ever think while you were on the trail, like, what the heck am I doing? Every day? Yeah. <laughs> like, I face that yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really, when you're in basic training, you're like, so this is what I signed up for. Yeah, no, yeah, this is no nuts. Now. <laughs> yeah, my buddy, when we went in the Marine Corps, he said to me, he says, I'll never forgive myself. If you die, I says, good, I never, I won't either. <laughs> but I really questioned myself when I walked across the country. Because what happened in the first week, I stepped on a, I went through a bad neighborhood and there was a car accident and there was a broken headlight and the glass went through my foot and I packed it with dirt. And I started to go into shock and you know how you start to get tunnel vision and you sweat and everything. And I packed it with dirt and like, you know, breathe slow. And, then kept walking. And I said, I got to be out of my mind. I can't do this. I'm going to walk over 3,000 miles. And what am I doing? Is it going to work? Does anybody care? I, you know, and I call my brother up and I say, Mike, I'm questioning my sanity. He says, Don't worry. We question it too. <laughs> and then he says, Look, nobody asked you to do this. And I'm like, You know, that was a great call. So I'm still like, Oh, you know, what am I doing? And I walk into this neighborhood. There's a real rundown neighborhood. You could stick a phone book between the buildings. It was so close. And the front yards were just hard packed dirt with trash on it. 
And this one guy had a lawn that was two foot by six foot. And he watered it, he fertilized it, he weeded it, and he cut it with a lawnmower. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this guy trying to say? What is he thinking? You know, and then I, I, I stood there and, and thought about that lawn for a while. And then I, I said to myself, you know what? He doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's doing it for him. That's what he believes in. And I'm like, you know what? Because I'm worried about what anybody thinks. You know what? I'm doing this for me. And if I help somebody, fine. And what am I worried about what people think? Because what they don't know about me, they make up. And what they do know, they're going to twist around. So what am I worried? And I, you know what? I'm going to walk one day at a time. Because when I looked at the whole thing, there's no way I can walk over 3,000 miles. Right. You know, after I got like a hole in my foot, bleeding all over the place. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to walk one day at a time and I'll see how I feel tomorrow. So this way I didn't think about, oh, my God, I'm going to walk over 3,000 miles. I thought, I'm going to walk today, see how that goes. And were you living on the street at the time? Or well, I had a woman to... with me and her sanity was questionable. She but walking? mine was also. Was she walking or driving? No, she drove and she would drop me off in the morning and pick me up at night. And it was a leap of faith that I would be picked up at night. I was always going to get dropped off, but getting picked up was another story. So, yeah, so that was, uh, but. And but you the, accomplished it, you did? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I did the whole thing, did the whole thing. And then, uh, but, you know, when I did, when I walked, I realized awareness wasn't enough. Because if I have a plan. I mean, you know, just to create awareness means nothing. But if I have a plan and get it instituted, that helps. But if I get it instituted, it doesn't matter unless it's done. So when I went to Washington, after I walked across the country with the petition, I realized getting this into a law means nothing unless I do it. Because I went to tell them what to do and be a hero, and my work is done, and I live in peace. And what did you want them to do? I wanted them to get mandatory counseling for everybody prior to discharge. Have like a couple of week program where it's intense, not where it's like, you know, they have a TAP program. Okay, raise your hand if you've got a problem with post-traumatic stress. What 20-year-old is going to raise his about hand? It. Absolutely. I've been talking about this for a long time. Is when I was getting out of the military, I barely paid attention. I was just like, I'm getting out. I'm like, that's all. I, I had tunnel vision. I didn't even listen to anything. I'm like, okay, noted. Go to the VA. Noted. Like, when am I going to get paid less? How many days of paid leave? What, you got my orders. You got my stuff packed up. Good. I don't care. And you want to be like tough. I left and I, and I remember getting home and then kind of being like, wow, it's kind of overwhelming. And then I felt paralyzed to almost act on anything. And then I was like, I wish, and this is weird because I always thought I could do things alone for whatever reason. I wish that like two veterans would come knocking on my door and be like, let's go and, and help me like yeah. navigate it. Cause it all just like hit me after I got home. And I always wondered if there was a way to redo that for veterans in a way that was more yeah. more accommodating for them and to be more helpful. Well, that's why we're trying to get our program in the VA. That's awesome. You know, because when I got out, I had so much trouble in my hometown. I went and lived in the woods for a year because okay. I just couldn't deal with people. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, I think a oh, lot of people are looking at like, me now saying, no, no, oh, no, yeah. no. who should be there now? Oh, thanks. Oh, man. No, we need you here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to be going through a, a lot, a little, uh, a lot of little stories about many different peoples over the next so many months with the Veterans Broadcast Network. Um, we have uh, Patrick Scogan. Um, I don't know if you've seen or heard about him yet. Oh, yeah, good. He uh, was a helicopter pilot that uh, had crashed, and now he's a motivational motivational speaker and a really good guy. It's a wounded but not broken in his mm -hmm. show. And of course, uh, our CEO, General Grange, is coming on board. 11-11 is his show. It uh, nice. you on your birthday. Might be one of your presents that uh, has been all, nice. all set up for you. So we'll be right back after this in a few moments um, with uh, Ron Zaleski. Roll call. We'll be right back after these messages.
Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio broadcast for over 15 years. High quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the states with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again. 847-754-4667. You're listening to Roll Call. Here's your host, Kenny DeCamp. We're back here. Um, we're talking to Rod Seleski, and he's got his book on Amazon Kindle and then pre-order. And I'm going to get that book at my shop, too, okay, at awesome. Lady Brigade. And I'm going to make sure that we, if you get the paperback, I just want you to bring those to my store, and we're going to help sell them for you. because I, I could that, do a book sign in there. Oh, you know, I'm an egomaniac, so. I know. <laughs> Don't scare the customers. Okay. <laughs> I'll brush my teeth. I, I think that's really important, and it's great what you're doing, and about awareness. And during the break, we were just briefly discussing, kind of, when I'm kind of down and low, there's a few moments in my life where I've been kind of in a rough spot, and the best thing that has helped me to kind of get out of that funk at least momentarily is to turn it around and see what I'm, cause I'm, I know the focus is all on me. It's all on me. It's all like, what's bad? What's, what's happening? What's wrong? And, and instead I try to shift that focus onto someone else. And I say enough about me. What's one thing I can do either call someone I haven't talked to in a while or help somebody else like offer to help. So I take the focus off of me, off of my problems and go help someone else. Is that um, like, I, I'm sure anybody would recommend that, but on a, we talked also on politics, like it's hard to make a difference there, but how can somebody, just a veteran to a veteran or a veteran to someone else make a difference that you've seen help? Well, alive? like I was saying in the break, that when I was, I've been to Washington twice, and the last time I cried after I left because it was like, it was like talking to a concrete wall, because I discovered with politics, you do all the work, you go to them for help, and then when they help you, you give them all the credit. And I had a, a senator hold me in his arms and cry on my shoulder and say to me, you're doing more than I am. And I, that scared me because I'm just some crazy Polak that didn't wear shoes. How am I doing more than this guy? He's in there. But once I saw how the system works, I got it. So I don't really get involved in politics so much. I do the work because to me, the one-on-one -on -one is the big thing. I think, oh, I'm going to change the law and help a million people. No, I help one person at a time, and that's where, like, the connection is made, where the magic happens. You know, uh, with our mentorship program, we reach across the country so we can help more people because then we can engage more people. And it's like the ultimate Ponzi scheme <laughs> where we help people, and, you know, I help you, you help one or two people, and so on. So it trickles down so we can help more people. I want people to steal this mentorship program from I want you to take that program and we'll give you guys to mentor so you can help them because it's amazing how good you feel helping somebody else. Like you say, when you take the focus off of you and then you feel like you've done something worthwhile. In Cause, so you make a million bucks. So what? I did that. So, so who did I help? Nobody. I helped myself and it didn't make me happy. So I had this stuff, but it didn't give me like a fulfillment. It didn't make me happy. You know, it was, 
momentary happy, but when I make a connection with somebody, that brings a joy that lasts forever. I think you had a program that must have made you happy because when I read about it and looked at it, I just had the biggest smile on my face. And I said, now this is one crazy great idea. And it, it's called the Long Walk Home Hosted Elephant Retreats for Veterans. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Tell me about this. You know, I like to. I like to play because basically I'm a 12 year old on the other side of my eyeballs. So I'm always like, I want to do things. So I create them. So one of the things we're going to do is play with lions and tigers. And that, you know what, when we do these events, people say, oh, I don't want to give money to help with an event. But I says, you, you don't know what these events do. Cause we get guys that stay in their home and don't come out. They'll, you did it with, the with, elephant. with the elephant, these guys came out. With the dolphins, these guys came out. We had guys come and say, look, I left my guide dog home because I feel so comfortable being around veterans and you guys that I don't need my dog. And I got out. And we had a guy that that went to that, and he's, he invited me to his house. He says, you know what? I haven't had anybody ever come to my house. And he invited me and a couple other guys, and now he's doing other stuff because he found his people, and he feels... He wants, he's doing something. We're working with, you know, because I'll get behind anything. He wants to help guys and do a podcast, and we're working with him. And this guy, you know, you think I'm off the wall. <laughs> he makes me look calm. So, but I'm up for anything. You know, like I said, we're going to do that. We're going to do ice baths. We're going to do all sorts of, we're going to do all sorts of stuff because we're all, we're all kids inside. I don't care how old you look and wise you look on the outside. In the inside, you're a kid and you want to play. And I'm all about playing. And what we do is we integrate part of our, our mentorship challenges in that. We, you know, do a little part of some of our programs so that it's fun and not just, you know, and it's a little bit of work to give you a tool as well. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's been awesome because I have, I have a ball doing these things. I mean, I made a, I made a connection with a dolphin not too long ago. And we're going to bring guys down because at this place, I went to another place after the one, we did one two weeks ago. And then I went to another one a week ago, who's, which is run by a Marine veteran that's disabled. With elephants? No, with dolphins. Wow. And he let me do whatever I wanted with this dolphin. I said, well, I want to try this. Okay, go ahead. So and the trainers were there with me, and they said, well, we can't get this dolphin to paint. I'm like, well, let me try. Because this dolphin was really weird. It wouldn't listen to the trainer. It came to be with me. It'd say, do this. It came to be with me. I said, well, I want to go underwater. Said, well, they don't do that. So I went under the water. The dolphin came and pulled me underwater. Wow. It was like we made a connection. They said, well, we can't get this thing to paint. So I said, so I put a brush in my mouth and painted. And then I took the brush out of my mouth, gave it to the dolphin, and she spit it out. This is all, just forget it. Do it. So let me try again. I put my hand out. She put her mouth in my hand, looked me in the eye. Aww. When I put the brush in her hand, she opened it, grasped it gently, Whoa. and then painted. And they, all the trainers are there. How did you do that? You've got a new job. Yeah, a, yeah, we want you here, you know, like, yeah, so, but it's cool when you make a connection and they let you do that. So that's what's neat about these animals because, you know, in a way they're captivated, but there is no wild left for them anymore. So they're going to die out there if they let them free. They have the gates open for these dolphins so that they can go anytime they want. They don't leave because... Man's going to kill them out there. They can't eat. Sharks are going to eat them. Killer whales are going to eat them. Yeah. So they stay inside. They're safe there. And it's sad. Like we're destroying our own planet. We're destroying our, we're destroying us. <clears throat> because look what we do to our kids. We raise them not to kill. We put them in the military, train them to kill, put them in a life death situation. And they get killed. And you know what? I, I, I apologize. I don't want to get into politics because I don't know if a war is right or not. But if we're so civilized and so smart, how the hell can't we figure to stop killing one another and living peace? 
And I think animals actually are a good bridge between that because if you actually made a connection with wildlife, with a dolphin or an elephant of some, or a dog or a guide dog, it creates empathy and an, an emotion that some people haven't felt for a long time. Yeah. And it connects us more to the outside world than we know. And I think you can really, especially again, when you're coming home as a veteran and you're locked up inside and you don't make those emotional connections, that's where we're, we're, we're failing ourselves and failing each other. Yeah. The more we get veterans out there, the more that we'll be connected just overall. And the more that we'll focus on our planet, I think we're, we should all kind of strive to do that in one way. Yeah, because we have more in common with wild animals than one another than we treat, keep trying to make divisions. When I played with the elephants and she caught it on film the way she, this elephant like stuck its trunk right in my crotch. I'm like, geez. And when I came back the second, cause the first time I went and the owner says, yeah, I'd love to have you come back. I come back, that elephant saw me and winked. <laughs> you got how, how many how many veterans ended up with the elephants uh we we brought like a dozen and we paid for the meals the room the transportation everything. and uh where are these elephants located that was in williston williston, williston. williston in florida oh yeah yeah really a neat place the woman is awesome you know she uh and she had the elephant we took a group picture there and we have it on our site i'm pretty sure she had the elephant stand and put its trunk up like that behind us. And I'm holding the, the elephant's trunk and playing, and she's there hanging out with me. And that elephant stood in that position for like 10 minutes. That cool. was awesome. And so if <clears throat> veterans are interested in getting involved or doing some of these things, where, would, where what's the website? The, the website is thelongwalkhome.org. Longwalkhome.org. The, the long walk. The long walk. Because that's what it is when we get home. It's the long one. I love it. And then they'll be able to sign up there. Yeah, they um, can. For events happening now and for the mentorship. Yes, yes. And uh, and then we have all these programs. When you do the mentorship, you know, uh, we're we're doing a lot more stuff. You know, because we're tweaking things and improving things. But we we just got an event coordinator who will start in January. But we have some really big events coming up. One of the big events that we're going to be working on is a 22-mile swim. What? 22-mile <laughs> swim? Yeah. I... And the deal is we're towing a raft with the names of people that got killed in combat and those that died to suicide. Wow. That, um, I'll be on that raft hanging on 22 miles. Yeah. That's incredible. And so that a, sounds like an, a good challenge. Yeah, you have a picnic coming up or something. We have a bike ride coming up okay. on November 13th. That's, we, that's more our level. Yeah, we do, <laughs> we do a bike ride, a bunch of us on the Veterans Day itself, but we do the bike ride so that guys can bring their families. We have a steak barbecue, we have music, and it's on the beach. You can go swimming and everything. It's an awesome day. At what beach are we at? We're at Fort DeSoto, oh, okay. and that's November 13th. The, please sign up. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an awesome event. It's an awesome event. You get to hang out with a lot of lunatics, you get to ride around on a bike or not. You just sit on the beach. You know, we have it in, in the park ride, which is 10 miles, which is the one I do because I don't trust people in cars. Not in Florida. So yeah, so the guys my age out there drive, what are you, nuts? Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, the one side of the park is nice. It's a 10 mile ride. You can do it a couple times if you want, have a steak go down to the beach, hang out with, you know, and if you guys want to have a, a table there to promote what you do, bring a table and come that day and hand out your flyers or bring your broadcast stuff and do a live spot if you want. Got it. We thank you very much, Ron, for being here with us tonight. Uh, I know that a lot of people are going to listen to this show, not only when we do it live, but what happens also is we archive and we're on 11 different streams. So there's opportunities for people to pick up on us and, and every week, it seems more and more people are not only listening, but are going to our archives mm -hmm. and our blogs, seeing just what they could do. And I know one of the biggest things that they could do right now is uh, look at your site, donate a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it's money or time, that time and treasure is the two things that. Yeah, uh, or become a mentor and, and donate your time that way, you know? You're going to be a mentor over the phone, too, yeah, as yeah. opposed to live, uh, one on one. Live, right? Yeah, we. we 
we do a lot of different ways because some guys were electronically challenged, so they just do emails or they do phone calls, whatever works. But like I said, we're going to be doing live ones, and my hope is what <clears throat> we get enough guys do it, then they want to do it in their town, and they'll go to their gym or their library and do the same thing I do, one challenge a week. We thank you very much, Ron. Remember that on Mondays, we've got Patrick Scrogan, wounded but not broken. And then uh, the launch of General Dave Grange. He's going to be with us 11-11 at 7 p.m. Eastern time. He's going to be talking about the invisible enemy. Because uh, he states that every soldier's life begins in basic training. And once you graduate, that soldier can be proud that they have been graded physically fit and mentally ready to defend the country against enemies foreign and domestic. And that invisible enemy is something that a lot of us vets have and face and, and relate to. And that's that negative of PTSD that a lot of people have to um, find their way with a mentor, uh, with we a have, loved one, we have with an organization moral. or a group. And we have a moral injury, which people don't get. Moral injury. Yeah, because everybody has post-traumatic stress to a degree. But we have a moral injury because we're raised our whole life not to kill. Then we kill. And then we have to live with that. We're never free of that. Interesting, Steve. Anyway, everybody, thanks for being here and listening with us. Nadine, thank you for being around. All thank the you best. very much. And thanks for dinner. You are awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Join us every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central on the Veterans Broadcast Network. This is Roll Call.